Hello, and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. As an empowerment consultant, author, and international speaker, it is my heart's desire to help you define and refine your best self. Ditch the senseless hustle you deal with, find your focus, and ultimately build a life you are fired up to live out loud on purpose and on your own terms. Lioness, put your seatbelt on if you dare. Get ready to fill your soul tank with weekly affirmations, take your life to 11 with each thought-provoking moment, and spark that beautiful flame of inspiration by listening to the Moxie Chats with magnificent women sharing their signature sass, Moxie, and fire. Are you ready to open, ignite, and nurture your mind, heart, and soul? Grab your favorite beverage and let's do this. Today's guest, Deidre Woolard, is here to share her fierce, fiery, soul tank filling wisdom. Let me tell you a little bit about her before we get going. Deidre is the co founder of Line and Orb, a real estate public relations company. Previously, she was part of the marketing team at Realtor.com, publicist at Rodeo Realty, and head of communications for Partners Trust in Los Angeles. Clearly, we met in the real estate industry. (laughs) To shake things up this time, I'm adding in her Twitter bio. Don't you love those? She describes herself with these 130 characters. Email addict, magazine aficionado, and word nerd focused on real estate and investing. RE editor at inside.com slash real dash estate. (laughs) During our chat, we talk about the power of empathy, PR and leveraging help a reporter out or HARO, and she drops some serious wisdom around owning and believing your own story. Are you ready to meet her? Let's do this. All right. Welcome, 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 Fire Up community. I am so excited to introduce you to Deidre Woolard. She is a firecracker behind the scenes of this amazing industry. And she is a woman who wants to and has a desire to shine a light on some amazing stories and all of the great things that we're doing. And so you need to know her. So welcome, 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 Deidre. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you. So you have quite an amazing background inside the real estate space. I know I read your bio earlier, but kind of give us a a quick summary of the golden thread of your career. The golden thread of my career would definitely be uh, that I came into learning about real estate from writing about it. So uh, I started with a blog called Luxus.com, which started in 2004. And it was a luxury blog that uh, was part of Weblogs Inc. and later became part of AOL. And so that's where I started writing about real estate because I did a state of the day way back when kind of nobody else was doing that. And so that put me in touch with a lot of real estate agents who wanted to get featured. So that existed for about seven years and it really kind of introduced me to a lot of different agents. And then from there, I worked for Realtor.com for a couple of years. And what that gave me is uh, I worked as part of their Ask a Realtor program. And so I was talking to more agents. And so I really wanted to get inside a brokerage. Like that became my goal. So uh, for about four years, I worked for two different brokerages in Los Angeles. Wow. And 
Yeah. And I love that. Working in luxury brokerages in Los Angeles is so fun. So exciting. You know, there's I bet. celebrity listings and things <laughs> like that. So exactly. Yeah. And just fire and excitement, you know, SoCal and luxury. It's, it's a very different kind of luxury than in a lot of markets. Let's yes. be real. <laughs> yeah. Very, very fun. So one of the very first questions I love to ask because the community loves these answers is how do you define success? on the PR side, it's getting that placement, getting that fantastic headline, especially about a listing. There was a listing that I uh, was working with someone actually today. And the headline was that the cottage that was featured was downright adorable. Like, oh yes, downright adorable. Cause it is, it's a really cute, you know, it's a really cute cottage. And I was excited to see that. So that's success for me on that side. On the writer's side, it's definitely uh, readership and feedback. One of the things I do is I write a real estate newsletter for inside.com. And so I've been getting some good feedback on that. And, and really sort of when people tell me they haven't thought about something in a particular way or haven't heard of a story before, that's, that's success for me. Oh, I love that. Now, what about personally? When do you feel personally successful? When someone reads me, when someone reads something I wrote or responds to it, that feels personally successful to me because that's how I, I'm a, I'm a communicator that way. I love that. I'm definitely, I, you know, I'm an email person. I don't think as many people are email people anymore. I'm still an email person because I love <laughs> that written communication. Yeah. Well, there is, there's a true art to email communication and knowing, you know, have you heard of Crystal? Have you done this Crystal Knows yet? No. No. So, um, one of my friends, Richard Silver, who is a, an agent up in Toronto. Oh yeah. I've heard of him. Okay. So he's like, you, you don't know about Crystal Knows? I'm like, no, I've never heard of this. It's actually like AI for your email and it helps you understand based on this person's social interactions and LinkedIn and how, how they write, how they want to be communicated with. So are they a bullet point person? Are they like, give them some neat paragraphs? Uh, it helps oh, I you love that. I know, right? I can't believe I didn't share this with you when, uh, when we were doing the pre-stuff. So, but yeah, check it out, Crystal Hose. There's no affiliate relationship. <laughs> All of you who are wondering, it, it, I haven't even really had a chance to try it myself, but it is really fantastic. He sent me uh, some of the reports and I was like, oh my goodness, this is gold, especially for people who do still use email. Yeah. Uh, I tend to love email and text as well because it helps me remember what I've said, what my mm -hmm. deliverables are. I think that's amazing. And I, like you, am not a phone person. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw that in, in your, uh, your pre-chat that like one of the habits you're trying to build is, is you know, using the phone. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've never been a phone person and it's and I think I'm missing out. I think that I need to get better at it. I think that we do still need to talk on the phone sometimes because there's that interchange and that's what's I mean text has a little bit of that flow, yeah. but it's so easy with text to just drift off. Absolutely. And it, that can't really happen in a phone call. You can't just that's sort of, you know, sure. check out. <laughs> well, you know, I use the the app. I'm still one of those original users who still uses it at Voxer because of that very thing. Like I like short bits. Uh, I, one of my top five values is mastery, which specifically relates to efficiency and effectiveness. And so the phone to me is always, there's always that like unknown, like how long is this going to take? 
I know that just sounds awful, but it's the reality. It's, it's like, I have to get off the phone now. Um, but with Voxer, I can still share my tone and I can still have a conversation between myself and anyone else, a, a friend, a, a family member, but it's quick. It's to the point and they can respond when they want to with their voice. And I love that. That's kind of like the, the hybrid version of phone and text for me. Nice. <laughs> I, but I think that's part of who you are, right? You are a writer. So let's talk about the three words that you chose to describe yourself and why you chose those three words. Oh, let's see. I'm going to have to look. Well, the first one was writer. I remember that. Writer, yep. First one was writer, yep. Second was empath and the third was grace. Yes. Grace is definitely where I'm trying to go. But it's also, I think it connects to mastery in a way too, because when you have mastery, when you have control, you're able to deal with other people with that level of grace. So for me, grace is about being kind to people and, and dealing with people, putting people at ease, making people feel comfortable, making people feel welcome. I think that's an important value to have. I love that. And then tell me about empath. I've sort of always been an empath where I pick up energy from other people and um, kind of reflect it back. I always want to help people. And being an empath, I think, with real estate agents was one of the things that I enjoyed in a brokerage was to be able to be with them where they were at in the moment because I think agents spend so much time taking in energy from their clients and then being able to kind of work with them on what that was and what they needed to do next for that person. Because I think a lot of the work that I've done is uh, helping people prepare for listening presentations or also helping them when they were about to have a conversation with a seller about something that had been on the market for a little while and kind of repositioning and things like that. That is fantastic. Well, and you know, being an empath in real estate can be taxing, right? Mm -hmm, it, definitely. There's always this, this high level of energy at any given moment, even if there doesn't need to be, there is. It's just the nature of the industry, right? And it's what I love and what what emotionally drains me at the same breath. Because being introvert, which I believe we've had this conversation before, you're an introvert as well, correct? Oh yeah, definitely an introvert. And, <laughs> and you know, there's a lot of us out there, but we don't always look like an introvert. I definitely, when people, when I tell people I'm an introvert, they're like, what? <laughs> Absolutely, I recharge in a quiet space with a big mug of tea and a good book or a podcast. Like I don't want a bunch of people around me. And I think in real estate, when you serve the space, there has to be that common ground, that common understanding that who you are, where you're going, how you serve them and how they need to be served. And so I think being an empath is huge. That's such a beautiful thing, especially with the work you do with PR. And I, I'd love to really dig into that today because I I really believe that our space could use some help with that. We could use some help with kind of brushing up um, how we interact with the public and how we share our stories, maybe in a more refined way than strictly throwing them up on Facebook. So let's talk about that a little bit. Like, How do you help agents really tell their stories with the work that you do in PR? So one of the things I do is I have my Facebook group, which is Real Estate Press Opportunities. And part of that is from the Help a Reporter Out newsletter, which is a service that's owned by Cision. It comes out three times a day. And what I do is I put some of those stories uh, that where real estate reporters are looking for sources up in that group. And then I basically connect those two, uh, those two people because 
reporters I've found are looking for real estate stories, but they're very cautious about being blitzed with things that feel too self-promotional and too sunny. You know, they don't want to hear, oh, it's a great time to get to the market because that's, first of all, that's not what, it's not always the truth. And second of all, it's just not what they're going to be writing about. They have to be objective. So I think that one of the things that is important to me is is helping agents be better sources and also telling real estate's story in the media. You know, I've, one of the things I've always realized, real estate gets a terrible rap and real estate agents get a terrible rap. I see it in entertainment media all the time. The character of a real estate agent in on TV shows is always pushy or obnoxious or salesy or that stereotype, which is not the people that I've worked with and I've met. So Right. Yeah. I, I always giggle, especially in the 90s, any kind of sitcom in the 90s, it was always this like totally perfectly coiffed, latte mm-hmm. in hand, jumping big hair. Out of yeah. Yeah. Big hair, big Mercedes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, <laughs> and I, I don't think I actually know one person in real estate that is like that anymore, at least. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's so good. So, so it's not only the stories of what the agents are doing and their listings, it's actually the story of the industry at large that, that you participate in. So what, what makes a good real estate story? Like what elements, like if, if I have a listing or if I'm doing something, what are the things that you would be looking for that would kind of ring the bell for you that, oh gosh, the story should be told? I think for listings, it's interesting because it's not necessarily, people think of it as always the most expensive and that gets a lot of headlines, but it doesn't have to be that. It can be something historical. It can be architectural. It can be just an interesting story of a family who lived there. And there was one story that an agent told me where they had found some old art in the attic that was connected to the people who built the house. I mean, there's all, every house has a story. And so part of what, you know, part of what, reporters are looking for is that unusual thing that they're not going to find when they look at, you know, like at an MLS description. Right. Okay. So I'm, I'm putting a house on the market. I see a little hole in the wall and there's like these old crazy paintings in the wall. Like what is my next step? Like how do I get that story told? Well, I think you have to know who to talk to in who's writing those stories. Yeah. I think it's a a question of if you're reading in your market, who writes the real estate stories? Because it's a question of there's the local newspaper, but there's also different blogs. You know, the realtor.com has a blog that focuses on unusual stories. Zillow will highlight unusual stories. Obviously, there's things like Curbed. There's another one called The Spaces. I mean, I have a whole list of the ones that I pitch to. Yes. So is what you do, help me understand this a little bit, because this is really interesting, and I'm certain it's going to be interesting to people who are listening. So you have this great story. So are you our our conduit? Like, would, would we hire you to help us find the right place for that story? Like, how do we work with you? Absolutely. Yeah. That's definitely something that I do. And I also get a lot of requests from reporters that are looking for particular uh, types of listings. So Mm I, that's one of the things I put in the real estate press opportunities is, you know, if you have, like, for example, like Rob Report will be doing something on buildings with high-end amenities or houses near lakes or things like that. 
Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I am in that group and I see those come through from time to time. And I always wonder who responds to that? Like who wrote the story? <laughs> you know, because some of them are so interesting sounding, right? Uh, how, like, what is the response rate? Like, are you, do you wish more people would respond? Do you get inundated with responses? Like, do we need to encourage more people to participate in those kind of things? What's the scoop? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, it depends on the story. Sometimes we get inundated and also uh, I'm using Help Reporter out so they're getting inundated on other sides too. So it, I think it depends on the story though because sometimes people won't respond because they don't feel like they have a story or something like that. So I think the key is to respond and, and you know understand that it doesn't, that just responding doesn't mean it's going to get picked up, but you never know. And it's always better to put yourself out there than to not put yourself out there. Absolutely. Well, that's so true. And you know, we talked about this a little bit in the green room that part of telling your story is stepping into confidence, right? Being mm -hmm. confident that even if your story isn't shared, it's important to share your story. And you might not be able to get them connected to this particular reporter with this particular article, but now they've had a conversation with someone who has access to multiple outlets, to multiple uh, journalists and platforms that can actually help them tell the story of that listing. So it's worth it to go into that group. The group itself, it's fun. Like for, yeah. from, from, the, <laughs> from the outside looking in, not selling, not being a selling uh, real estate agent anymore. I, all of those questions that come in, I'm thinking, man, that would be so much fun to be able to answer that. I, I don't know anybody who does that, but I, I always think, what great opportunities. So what is the wildest connection you've made? Like whether it was Harrow or, or whatever it was, what is the weirdest request and the one that you've got the answer to that you actually shared a story? I think one that was interesting was Wall Street Journal was doing one of their in the trenches ones and they were looking for wild animal encounters. So that That's one, we got some really interesting responses from people who had on a listing run into a bear, wild turkeys, snakes in pools, all kinds of fun stuff. Oh my, a bear? A bear. Can you even imagine? I mean, wild turkeys, <laughs> kind of in Northern California, those, they're, they're kind of like, you know, feral cats these days. They're, they seem to be everywhere. But a bear? Oh my gosh, I would lose it. <laughs> that would not make me happy. <laughs> They're not pets. Are they pets? No, no. Like oh. a wild bear, like, you know, kind of like lumbering across the yard. Can you even imagine? Oh <laughs> my gosh, that's hysterical. Psst. Yes, you. Are you tired of wasting your precious time at networking events where your ideal connections are not even in the room? Ready to crush the fear of missing out when you decline an invitation? Head on over to debratrapin.com slash mini course and sign up for my next free mini moxie course. Once you sign up, it will automatically be delivered to you on launch day 1111. Again, visit debratrapin.com slash mini course and get ready to fire up your networking this holiday season and beyond. And now back to our moxielicious conversation. What is your process in helping agents understand how to tell their story better? How is working with you? What does that feel like? What does it look like? Is it phone? Is it in person? Kind of give us the skinny on that. 
Yeah, it's been phone or in person or via email. I think one of the things is, I believe with PR, PR is a long game. So it's not always about getting this one story out. It's about making sure that someone knows that you're a source and that you can offer them information and insight. And it's about kind of being of service. So I think one of the things for real estate agents is to kind of know what they do and what they don't do, like what their own niche and their own specialty is. I, I've written a lot of agent bios in the past and so many people write the same thing over and over. And it's really, it's fascinating to me because when you talk to someone, you find out how very unique everybody is. Everyone has a different path on how they got into real estate. And the connection is sometimes so random. Like, I mean, people come from all different types of careers and what they bring in is really individual and special. But yes. then when they get down to writing their bio, they write the same sort of standard customer service stuff. You know, that's, this is an, the, the bio conversation is so interesting, Deidre, because there's something awkward about writing your own bio. So it, it's for a lot of people. I mean, there are full businesses that that is all they do is write your bios for you, right? Like mm -hmm. write it and then customize it for Twitter and Instagram. Is that something that you offer as well? Like you help people write their own bios? Sure. And I think I don't, you don't even really need a service, but what you really need is someone else to interview you. Like you can do it yourself but you have to have someone else interview you because if you try to sit down and do it yourself, that's where the problem comes up. But if, even if like, if you didn't want to hire someone uh, like me or anybody else, you could just have a friend interview you and record what you say and then go from there. Because if you're having a natural conversation, this stuff is going to come out. But if you're just sitting down trying to write about yourself, it's, it's just not going to come out. It's so true. You know, um, for a lot of the projects that I work on, and it, e even with the Woman Up movement that I'm working on with CAR, and whenever you ask people for a bio, they want to send you the one that's on their work page, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, they've been in real estate for 25 years, and they, you know, that, but which is great. It's it's great, but we like I want to know what do you eat for breakfast, like. <laughs> like I that's what people remember. They remember yeah. the unusual or distinctive detail. Yes. Yes. Like I want to know, uh, like in my bio, it talks about like when I'm not, uh, when I'm not doing my moxie work, you know, I'm watching eighties or sci-fi flicks. I'm walking my dogs. I'm drinking wine. I'm editing photos on my iPhone. Like th those random details are always the ones that people come up and they're like, Oh my God, I love eighties movies too. You know, <laughs> like it's just it's those common threads are really what bring us together. Not our work. Thank God that our work isn't the only number one factor that connects us, right? I mean, that would be so, so boring. But 80s flicks, anything John Hughes? Yes, please. Like, I'm ready to sit down and watch, you know, 16 Candles right now. <laughs> well, Victor Lund had a really good post on Wave Group recently about that. It was like a list of questions to ask agents for their bios. And one of the things was like, what music is in your car or, you know, what, what do you do first thing in the morning? Those sort of questions. It, yes. it gives you, once you have those things in your bio, it creates all these other little points of connection that you can have with someone. Completely. Well, and you know, I think sometimes we forget how fun we are when we're trying to explain how, how effective we are or how, yes. uh, you know, how great we are. We forget those fun parts about us. And you know, the wave we've been experiencing for the last 10 years of personal brand and the focus on personal brand and sharing your personal brand. Uh, it's all about that. That's really what it is. It's about knowing who you are and sharing that with people so that you can attract the ideal connections who, who get you. 
you know, doing business with people who you share things in common with is so much more fun than trying, you know, to be boffy when you really are a total hippie. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that I've loved about the evolution of what of this whole personal brand thing is I think it's getting more vulnerable. And I think in the past, like the first iteration of like personal brand was like, I'm perfect. And the second iteration of it really is I'm a person and I have this strength, but also this weakness. Yes. And you know, it's, it's, it's a more whole picture. And that's one of the things that kind of like Instagram versus Instagram stories has kind of fostered is like Instagram is that perfect universe, but Instagram stories is like no makeup and, you know blurry out of focus photos or, you know, random yeah. videos. It's sort of that real authentic self. I love that. You know, I was um, interviewing a gal earlier this week who has a women's group where she focuses basically on women who are kind of like menopause and beyond, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the safe, 50s, 60s, maybe a little bit in the 40s, depending. Um, and how we were having this conversation about how it's such an underserved community, but it is a community that loves to talk and share. And they love to talk about what's going on in their lives. They, they wanted to discuss going through, you know, these transitions. They want to talk about whether it's empty nesting or, you know, having their, their kids move back into the house. Like they want to have those conversations, which is so ripe for connection with, with companies and with services, but no one's talking to them. They all want to talk to the millennials and how she's trying to create this platform where it's kind of like the Gen X space, right? And I love that space as well, since that is me. Um, and there's, those are my people. They, they are the John Hughes film fanatics, right? And how the vulnerable conversations in that community took it from zero to a hundred in less than a year where in, in some cases it takes communities years to get to the point where they're talking about menopause or whatever it is. But in hers, because they were so vulnerable and so transparent right from the start, that it just is now how it is there. And you don't ever have to come with a mask on. And I think that is so powerful. I think that Grace and Frankie is helping with that, the Netflix series. I love I'm, Grace and Frankie. My God, I have, I've actually, I, I, I hate to say this, but I mean, I've watched it twice already. Like, I'm like, could we have another season now? Yeah. Uh, because it's, there, it's so refreshing to see uh, the third act looked at so differently and, and in a vulnerable way. And I mean, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, oh my God. Could we just sit down and have coffee with these ladies? Right. Well, one of like one Instagram account that I follow is called uh, Grom. I'm going to say it wrong. It's Grombe. It's women that are transitioning their hair to gray. Yes, and it's the most supportive Instagram account because it's all these women that are, uh, you know, feeling sort of vulnerable about as those first gray hairs come in, or their hair is like two toned as they're growing out a dye or something like that. And all of the women that are responding are so supportive and so mm -hmm. kind, and it's it's lovely. I also love like the fashion after 50 hashtag because there are like bunches of women that are just wearing whatever they want in the most inventive ways. These beautiful older women with these bright colors and yes. crazy pattern jackets and all of that. I just love it so much. I know. I think we all do. I think that women who are between 35 and 55 are so freaking excited about it. Like, I think my, my nieces who are in their 20s are like, of course it should be that way. Like, you should totally celebrate. Like, 
they have a, just a different perspective, right? And like I was talking to my, my niece Aubrey the other day about this exact thing about how, how there is such a freedom around growing older now, more so even than 20 years ago. Like there was just always this like need to, you know, shove things in your body to make it look perkier and bigger and perfect and, and, or suck things out, whatever. (laughs) There's like this perfect place that you needed to be. And how now we've got all these, all of these women who are stepping up and stepping out and shining a light on themselves. Do you know Christine George? She's in Boston. Mm -hmm. No. She's one of the gals who's kind of part of the gray wave. And, uh, she's young and she's in her forties and that we were having a conversation on the power women group about uh, how there's so many of the gals were realizing they were, the amount of money they were spending to keep their hair a certain color, they could go to Hawaii yeah. every year. And they were like, what are we doing? Like, and when you break it down to something so simple like that, like how, if you're spending $1,200 a year on your hair, you could go to, you could freaking go to Paris, you know? Well, I like, think it depends on what, what lights you up. You know, if you want to have your hair be purple, have it be purple. If you want to have it be yep. short, be short. But I yep. think, you know, in my mother's generation, every, the women would turn 40 and they'd all get this particular haircut. They'd all cut their hair short. My mother was like the only one in her crowd that had longer hair. So, you know, she still got long hair. It's gorgeous. Yes, I love it. And, and you're absolutely right. It is whatever you want. And so for them, they felt you know, compelled to do it because everyone else was doing it until they woke up and they were like, well, wait a minute. Like, okay, so she's wearing loud clothes and her hair is orange. And like, why does mine have to be a specific color? You know? And I I think that there's a lot of freedom in that. And I think that those are a lot of the stories that inspire us, right? Because real estate is made of humans. And and we, when we get connected to those types of stories, when we can feel free in our, in our own skin and, and, you know, obviously tell the stories of, of what we're doing in our business, but also live a story that is worth telling, even if we're telling it to ourselves. Like, how powerful is that? I just love it. I, I love it it starts about. with telling it yourself. I mean, that's the biggest part of it. If you don't tell your story to yourself, you can't tell it to anybody else. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe what you're trying to sell. So if you're writing a bio that's about how successful and confident you are, but you don't feel it, it's not, it's not going to work. You have to own your story. You have to love your story. And I think part of that, I think for women especially, is understanding that I think especially this is different for women than men is that our paths tend to be less linear. Men have seem to have a very like arrow like trajectory toward things sometimes. I think women, because of the choices we take to have children or be a caretaker for our parents, or our lives are more circuitous sometimes. And I think we need to embrace that. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love it. I love own your story. I'm so happy to be alive now in such a time as this. When yeah. when we are having conversations like this, when we are, we can be part of organizations that embrace that that thinking and really the energy that comes around that, right? Because it's feminine meeting masculine. It's, it's been done this way before and that might work for you, but that doesn't work for me. And let me show you how successful it can be with my way. And I think that we're all coming to the table, realizing there's so much to learn from each other. And I'm so thankful for that because I feel like the pendulum swung really, 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 really far to a, you know, the future is female only. And 
a, a my way or the highway kind of thing. And we're all starting to come back and go, okay, let's all sit at the table together. Let's break, break bread. Let's tell our stories. Let's learn things about each other. And I'm so grateful for people like you who help us help ourselves to tell better stories and to really get the right words out there that are going to inspire and connect to our ideal community and the people who we need to be serving. So I appreciate that so much. Uh, I've got a couple of quick rapid fire questions for you. So if you could go back 11 years, what would you tell yourself? I would tell myself not to take it so seriously. And I would also tell myself to know my own worth, to claim it and to speak it louder. So good. All right. One thing people would be surprised to know about you. So I had some fun with this one is that I was an astrologer. Uh, that was one of the first things I ever did. I sold birth charts when I was uh, in college and a little bit after and uh, took a lot of astrology classes. I'm still a little bit of a woo that way. It's something I still, I don't know. I'm not one of those people who like believes in it in a like doctrinal kind of way, but it's something that I, it is, has surprising insights into the world, I think. You enjoy it. I love it. I enjoy it. Yeah. Awesome. What is a perfect day for Deidre? It's a little bit of an introvert party with a slice of extroverts. So it's definitely some reading time, a lot of writing time, solitary workout time, but it's also uh, close connections with people, whether it's meeting for coffee or having dinner with friends and my husband. It's about having alone time and then having some fun time with people. I love that. That sounds like a perfect day to me as well. All right. And then, of course, I love asking this question. What does moxie mean to you? <laughs> moxie is like, moxie is spitfire stuff. Moxie is like getting, you know, I always call it, my husband and I call it when my, when my Irish is up. So I'm from Boston and every once in a while my Boston will come out. <laughs> and um, so it's a, moxie is like getting that kind of spitfire energy going and putting it toward what you want. I love that. I think that I'm loving all of the different responses to that question this year. It's, it's one of those, it's a, a word that I have loved for many years, but it's a word that really, I feel like in this time, in what we're all going through as a community, it's such a fun word and everybody has their own little spin on it, but it usually has something to do with being a spitfire, firecracker, sassy, you know? <laughs> well, that's why I love that you do it on Mondays because it's like I get your email and I'm like, all right, okay, this is the mission. And I like, I, I read that affirmation. I'm like, all right, got it. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Come on. And it's so true. I like, think we all need that voice. We all need multiple voices like that, that remind us of our greatness, that kind of, you know, if we've had a tough weekend or, or if we had a really great weekend and we need to refocus, <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to get that little moxie punch. So I'm so happy to hear that you're enjoying those. All right. So any last advice for the fire up community on anything we've talked about today? Get engaged with uh, who's telling stories in your community. You know, read, participate, comment. There's a lot of great stories in every individual community. It's like one of the things, I mean, from a real estate agent perspective, I still like things like next door, you know? I don't know if you have a next door in your yes. community, if you're a member of it, but I mean, just like just the stories in my next door alone, it's like now I know when there's a Bobcat sighting or things like that. But there's yard sales, there's communities, there's all sorts of ways that, you can deeper engage with the people that are telling stories in your community on every level. Oh, I think that's such great advice. And yes, we have an 
awesome next door here. Our um, local police is a bit of a comedian. And so the, the, the police coordinator who is on the, the group with us. And so she is, it's like she writes riddles. It's hilarious. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Every time she writes something, I'm like, what does she say? Because it's just snarky or hilarious. But yeah, definitely. I love that. Get plugged in. Find out who those people are. And if you don't know who those people are, connect with Deidre. She can help you help yourself find those resources. No, it's actually true. I read uh, like I read real estate blogs all over the country, like in different communities that I haven't even ever been to just because it's fascinating to me. Yeah. It's, it's part of your life's work is to be part of this amazing, wild, crazy industry we all love called real estate. Yep. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I know that so much of what you shared today is going to enhance and change lives and perspectives and mindsets. I am so excited to get this out there into the world. I know the Fire Up community is going to love you. So thank, thank you for you. sharing time with me today and sharing your story and inspiring us to tell ours and to own our stories better. All right. Thank you. You bet. Thank you for joining me today for a divine dose of truth wrapped in grace with sides of sass, moxie, and fire. Want more information on what we talked about today? You'll find the show notes and links over on my website, DebraTraben.com. Search the podcast title and voila! If you enjoyed the show today, please hit subscribe, click those stars to rate me, and leave a review. Oh, and don't keep the show a secret. Pretty please, share it with your friends too, okay? Lioness, I am praying you enjoy living your best life out loud, on purpose, and on your own terms. As always, keep your eyes open for moments you can engage, elevate, and empower your world.